0: You're listening to Beyond Numbers, a podcast by Xero for accountants and bookkeepers. In this series, you'll hear from leaders within some of the accounting industry's pace-setting firms who will share news, views, and creative solutions so you can step away with some inspiration or new ideas to take back to your own business. Welcome to this new podcast. I'm Ash Gibson, and I work with Xero's community of accounting and bookkeeping partners, In this episode, I spoke to Lauren Harvey from Full Stop and Jonathan Barham from Raiden about the changing face of accountancy. Lauren and Jonathan are both founders of award-winning small firms, and what I loved about speaking to these two is hearing just how much they care about what they do. They love making a difference to their clients, they are super committed to making their business a great place to work for their teams, and they care so much about making the industry a place that people want to strive towards. We talked about building a strong employer brand to recruit and retain talent. We touched on the stereotypes of accountancy compared to how it actually looks today, as well as how to be a better business for the future of the industry. Lauren, Jonathan, welcome. I'm so happy to have you both on the podcast for the first season. Thanks for having us.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So, Lauren, Jonathan, before we get into it, why don't you each tell us a bit about your businesses, how you started out, where you are now, and what makes your firm
2: special? Now, Lauren, I'll start with you. Okay, yeah. So um, as you said, Ash, um, we're full stop. I'm based out of Cardiff. We've been going for uh, 11 and a half years. And when I say we, it was me initially. Um, It felt like at the time it was the advent of... Um, digital accounting for the first five years, it was myself while I navigated that, and also having a starting my family. For the last half of that, if you like, now we're a team of seven with some important freelancers helping us in non-accounting areas. So I've started in industry myself, um, wanted to move to Cardiff, and it was about um, bringing the skills that I for every small business should have, having been in industry, and using the right tools with my background when I'd started in tech to bring that to more people. So 11 years on, we're still going to get to that holy grail, I think, for me, in summary of Where we are right now, I think there's confusion over what an accountant is, but I'm sure we'll get there. I think there's a lot of semantics that has changed. um, What the future is, obviously, we're living through another time of change. So yeah, that's us.
0: Well, super excited to have you on today. And Jonathan, tell us a bit about Raiden. What's your startup story, and what sets your firm apart from the rest?
1: Uh, Quite a similar story to Laurens. Actually, we started it. We 12 years ago in September. I left my practice where I trained at the age of 27. And spent the first kind of five or six years actually working out what on earth i was doing um trying to work out how to run a practice and then you know we started with zero from day one. First client went on to zero it's the same kind of thing it was that kind of early days of, of digital and then kind of halfway through i guess kind of six years in we started to then build a team the first person i hired was someone who i'd worked with before a friend and there's good and bad to doing that i think but we're now a team of nine people, again, including some freelancers who kind of work remotely. We specialise in working with creatives. We're based in London, but we're we're now in that process of looking at different ways of working. Do we kind of retain the London office? Do we go to hybrid? Um, and I think... Again, there's so much good and bad and flexibility. It almost becomes a, a, one of those things you can tie yourselves up in as you go round and round the pros and cons of it, um, yeah, like and, and fear where fear we're of go getting next.
2: going right? Yeah, well, and,
1: and fear of change because I think the thing that I'm talking about at the moment and is that you've got a team of people in situ, mm-hmm. and if you make changes to that. You know what is going to be the impact so we've obviously consulted with our team i realize we're jumping into a different topic here so stop me if you want to but when kind of having those conversations with the team and trying to find out what really matters but actually when you then implement it is that really what they intended and and once it comes to kind of realization is that what they want to be a part of Um, and then attracting people what are you offering people when you kind of recruit which is something we're going through at the moment is how do you position the business and that for me is is a tricky thing, is that as a small business, when you go through all those different changes, trying to make sure that you're, you're consulting the team and taking them with you on the journey.
2: I mean, glass half full there, it's actually exciting, but it's getting that balance between that and exhaustion, I think, at the moment, because there's so many things up in the air that we do have the power to nail down and not forget the purpose of why we're doing this and yeah. be pulled off at the wrong tangent
1: yeah i think the the big thing with recruiting as well when you're a business owner and it's a smaller business is there's a huge amount of emotion mm. that goes into each hire um, yeah. because it is kind of your baby your thing and you're bringing people on board and wanting them to go on that journey with you so you do have to kind of bear all and yeah, you know, open yourself up to, to whatever comes in
2: I think that was a particularly useful part of um, the B Corp journey for us is it makes you especially businesses our side it makes you nail down really all those things that you just mentioned and um, it helped us no end both to look at all stakeholders clearly staff are a really important part of that but yeah that was super useful for us and I know you're going through that right
1: yeah, we're we're partway through B Corp, but I yeah. think we were talking about it's the same with awards. Yeah. One of the be- yeah. real benefits for me when you enter awards is it makes you reflect and think actually okay, these are all the messages we want to tell the world about. Yeah. Are we telling the team about them? And
2: 100%. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. I think um in the last few years that we'd never put ourselves in and then we have over the past few years that has been massive you really do. Back to the glasses um, half full thing, if you really look at it that way, there's so much you can get out of it.
0: Jumping back into what you were saying about employer brand, it it feels like employees are asking a lot more of employers nowadays than maybe they used to and they're really acting with their feet. So in particular, obviously the pandemic has um, proven to me that flexible working can be the norm. So there's a lot of firms thinking, how do I cope with this? The cost of living crisis around like salary and benefits is a real sticking point. Environmentally, you know, how are firm's minimising their carbon footprint and what kind of impact does that have on how employees sort of decide whether you're someone they want to work for? Uh, and socially and perhaps politically, they're looking for an employer to have sort of meaningful policies around diversity and equity and inclusion really conscious that you're small business owners yourselves. So it must be really confronting to have this responsibility on top of, you know, making sure that your clients are being looked after and attracting new ones. So how do you manage
2: that? I think that can be overwhelming, especially when you're trying to run the business, you're trying to develop the business and... Like through the pandemic, I described my family or the people who I was worried about as my family, but also this team that was running full stop and helping our 105 businesses, right? So the B Corp journey has been really good for us there because it does give you things that aren't in my head every day. It gave me the framework of best practice amongst other meaningful, therefore relatable businesses, not necessarily look in the account. Well, it wasn't because there was only one um, accountancy firm that had B Corp before us in the UK. But what it did is it shared this best practice. So it didn't have to be so much in your head. So now, I mean, when people um, apply for a job with us, we share the staff hand book um right there and then and it's written how a bit like this how we how you talk every day i mean that's been kind of useful rather than you having to say things all the time so that's been quite good i remember 11 years ago when we started out with zero and everyone's like oh you know have a have a website that speaks you guys and it's still it's still that validation point of it speaking it's obviously the obvious one of speaking the brand and um being that thing that people check in before they contact you. It's interesting now, though, because I think I think of brand as more wording and visual. But obviously, there's, you know, things like this. There's all loads of things. And that can be overwhelming to think of every little way that people can find or hear of you.
0: Just touching on B Corp, how did you start off on that journey in the first place? Where did you sort of hear about it? Where did you learn more?
2: So I think for the speaking for Jonathan or the likes of Jonathan and I, like, we want to be um, at the forefront of helping businesses, right? And so it's not constantly looking inwards um, into our industry, it's looking at what some other really clever people are doing around us. And B Corp being this force for good, and it came to the UK around 2015, um, and, and it's just keeping your eyes and ears open as to what's best practice for business in general. And I'm still really passionate that biz businesses have a massive role to play in the times that we live in without getting political. Um, So it's great to have that have the right partners on board. Obviously we're partnered here, you know, Zero's a great partner. But I think we need to start to look bigger and work together better. But our sphere at the moment, arguably, is accountants and app providers. I think that's why I started looking wider. I mean, things like going to the do lectures and stuff like that we've also done recently. And all those things just broaden. They can without trying to create too much noise, to do good business. I'm quite passionate that we're business owners. Um, I think we'll get there without my point about semantics, but... I believe we're biz- I'm a business owner. I don't practice. Um, however, I'd have another point on that, but I'll let Jonathan go.
1: No, I think that's, that's really cool. I think the, um, the thing is, is that I think we, we have a passion around small business. And, you know, it is about looking outwardly at how we impact other small businesses and how we work together. And it is that thing of actually, when you look at it, small businesses as a group huge and so there's this kind of almost this enormous network that we're part of Um, and it is it's very much about being a business that does accounting rather than being a an accounting firm Um, and so i think it's just making sure that brand message is out there that i would say that we're trying to do things a little bit differently to maybe how they have done just with a real awareness of what's around us and the community that we're part of
0: so i guess for any listeners who have no idea what B Corp mm. certification is. Yeah. Would one of you like to explain it? <laughs> I'll
1: let the pro go. For
2: it, no, I was looking at you then, John. <laughs> um, so it's a group of businesses that certify. Um, you can actually go on their website and do the impact ass- assessment yourself. It's basically a checklist of doing business better, and it's not a one-off. Um, it's not a one-off thing. Um, you recertify every three years, and um, with a view to improving on where you're heading. It's really wide-ranging, from treating people properly, um, having purpose, um, using business for good. Obviously, the environmental thing gets picked up quite a lot. Um, we've gone quite heavy on the people bit, which is quite interesting. Back to some of the points today about um, recruitment and retention. Um, But what I quite like is there's all these other areas um, that we can do around our community still and doing better for the environment.
0: Are you finding that it really resonates with clients?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't have any B Corp clients before we started. We've now got five. Um, we don't we don't sell it as a service. There are, there are people called B leaders who can help you on that journey. Um, also, the B Corp community in the UK runs certain courses throughout the year and and that type of thing as well to help you certify quicker and understand a bit more. Um, but it's just it's it's, it's true business community. Um, With people doing their best to be better, in in a nutshell.
1: I think that feeds into the general idea of when a lot of people start businesses. It's not about just starting a business for the sake of it. And people want to make change or do something amazing. You know, I always say I didn't start up just to create an average accountancy firm. You know, I wanted to create a business that made a difference. I wanted it to be a place where people loved to come to work, a place where clients could find accounting to be more accessible. Yeah. And it all feeds into that idea of just doing a bit better than existing, you know, of, of kind of what is that outward impact that we each have as businesses on on each other and on other businesses as well.
0: Mm. Lauren, Ash, you used to be the accountant for the Queen of England.
2: Tell me how that compares to what you do now. Okay, so firstly, I was the estate accountant for Windsor Great Park, which sounds not quite as grand as that, but basically it's why I do what I do now so I did my training there and I love that like where did you train well I trained in the Crown Estate rather than I don't know KPMG or somewhere Um, but the experience there so I there's many different facets to that business from rental tourism uh, forestry uh, so many farming and it was what business partnering with all those different departments and sharing what one department was doing well and translating that to what another department could do better. I was like, ah, oh, there's something in not being an industry accountant for one business. And this is what I'd say to anybody who may be listening who's in industry that's what we get as practice businesses. The ability to share is amazing. Um, so I would never have thought of doing it if I hadn't have had the job there um, it is still the best job I've had I've had some pretty cool jobs but that it's just yeah doing working there and the experiences and whatever you think about royalty actually there's a lesson to then being inside it and seeing something from that perspective that there's a lesson to be learnt to not judge until you've really seen something um, so lots of things that I've learned there I still taped to this day um and yeah yeah just you know all about having great life experiences still use a lot of stuff that i was taught there every day amazing jonathan your
0: linkedin bio says (laughs) that you used to hate telling people you're an accountant why is that
1: um i think partly because of the friends that i I kind of came through university and stuff with who were all like uh, musicians or worked in tv and film and stuff like that so I used to go out with their, their friends for, for a drink or whatever and they'd all be talking about what they do and then someone would look at me and say, what would you do? And there would be this kind of rush of blood and it's like, God, what am I going to lie and say I do rather than being an accountant? But, you know, it just it has that outward um, illusion, I guess, of being a fairly dull, monotonous, maths-based job. And I always say to people, you know, who say, oh, you know, you've got to be good at maths to be an accountant. Nope. It's not at all. Um, there's a requirement for a bit of maths, but effectively it's adding up and taking away. And sometimes we get into a bit of multiplying and dividing as well. But it's not like A-level standard maths. The real skill is the human bit. Now, whether that's the human relationship between you and your team or, more importantly, the ones with clients and helping business owners, small business owners, of which there are many, kind of just, as I say, find finance and accounting and numbers to be more accessible than the illusion that they have um, and so now it's kind of twisted into something that I love um, and I, I kind of love it when we get people who come to us and say you know I'm I'm stupid with numbers or I don't get accounting it's like okay well I'm, I'm stupid with marketing but I don't say that to you let's let's work together and that's why you find specialists and, and people who know the stuff that you don't because as we've spoken about, as small business owners, you've got so many hats to wear, um, HR being one of them, accounting being another, you don't have to do it all on your own. You can find someone who you can work with, you can help you understand what you need to know, and then let them handle the stuff that you don't want to be involved in. So it it was, to start with, it was a a real thing that I found difficult, but now I love it.
2: I think there's a few things there, right? My son's just eight, and he started to say he loves maths. And I remember at eight, I said exactly the same thing. And I said to somebody one day, I love maths. What can I be when I'm older? Now, I don't know who this person was, but they said I could be a mathematician. I wish people, for me, had linked up a love of maths with business earlier. Like, it didn't really dawn on me until I was doing A-level business. Oh, yeah, like, that's a really good applied use of an analytical brain. And what I love now is I can use that analytical brain, because I actually studied languages at university, to be a translator, to translate what we find easy and I say this to my team most days they're like but Lauren that's simple I'm like that's simple to us but that's the beauty of this business that we can take that and translate it and it's back to your point Jonathan about the relationships then of having those relationships and translating that to a meaningful language that works for clients do you think you need an analytical
0: brain to work in the industry or is there room for more creative types
2: I don't know about you, Jonathan, but I'd class myself as creative, like the parents in the playground at school, like, don't believe I'm an accountant. They're like, oh, I thought you did something in the arts. And we do work with a lot of people in the arts like Jonathan does. Um, So I don't know if we're the right people to answer that, maybe, because I think we are we live being creative and um, people probably laugh at that because there's accountants talking on a podcast about that. I think, yeah, I think you have to lean into it. I think we've recently, I think we've put on our website, we, we, we want to work with creatively minded business owners. And I think to be a business owner, you have to be creatively minded, whatever business you own, and you have to be, dare I say it, analytical, but in a, analytical in a way that works for you. Data is the key to everything in knowing and making, especially in the world we live in, making justified but timely decisions.
1: Yeah, I think I would agree. I think very much more of a, a creative entrepreneurial mindset. And I think that's the thing, you know, people will picture accountants as certain type of people maybe as being very analytical. And there's definitely room for that and scope for that and some need for it. But coming back to the people side of, of accounting, which is, I think is is where most of the value comes through, it's it's a completely different skill set. It's not to say that there's no place for the analytical side of things, but it's it's very much about working with business owners to help them understand what they see as, as difficult and giving them the understanding either through education or through advice.
0: Yeah, I think I might be a bit biased here because I spend most of my time with like cool, forward-thinking, digital accountants like you two. Um, I wondered if she was going to say someone else then. Uh, and... <laughs> Yeah, no, actually, everybody else, (laughs) not these two. Um, I I don't think I realized at school that accounting could be a cool career. I kind of wish I knew that it was more than just like debits and credits, but so much more than that. And you guys really help business owners to sleep at night. You help them pay their bills and buy houses. And Jonathan, you've told me some cool stories about how, you know, you've been the first to find out when someone's having a baby or getting married or something. It's such a noble career choice. So, like... You've both got kids. If any of them came home one day and said they were thinking about becoming an accountant or finding a career in the accounting industry, what would you say to them now? Jonathan, you go. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, that's one putting on the point. Um, I think, yeah, obviously it's, it's a great career. And so I, I definitely wouldn't put anyone off. Um, my dad was an accountant, so I've effectively followed him. I got to see him when he had his practice kind of through the 90s, 80s, 90s um, as a kid and going up and seeing. So I got that insight to see that it wasn't what other people thought it was my dad specialized in working with actors and actresses in the west end so you know we got the plus side of i got to get taken backstage at theaters and stuff and got to go and see loads of shows and things and so i saw that there was this real human thing i saw the relationships he had with these people that he was helping um and so if they if they see that and they decide that that's what they want to do then i think i'd probably be fairly excited that that's what they chose
0: i know we've talked a little bit about this before, but do you think accountancy as a profession needs a bit of a rebrand? If it's gonna compete, I guess, in particular with future career choices for
1: Yeah, I think it does. And I was speaking to someone recently about the roles that like the institutes and things have to play in that. I think just touching on that and, and the point that kind of Lauren was making there, I think for me the traditional accountant role is the bit that will start to disappear, the bit that people think accounting is. I think there's been a lot of work on kind of creating autonomy and bookkeeping, but for me bookkeeping is that first touch point, the first human touch point with clients the kind of gathering of data and understanding a business and the fact that an expense for one business might not be an expense that's valid for another one so for me there's a a huge human role to play in bookkeeping still, that's not going to disappear but the middle bit with the kind of the compliance, the tax returns in the accounts. You know, we don't have any clients who get really excited to see their tax return. Um, they may have questions in, in kind of engagement with bookkeeping, and they will have engagement with the stuff we do afterwards, the advisory as, as people are labelling it. And so for me, I think that traditional accounting role will be the one that kind of slightly disappears and maybe gets automated.
0: I asked Instagram Yesterday, how people would describe a stereotypical accountant. It wasn't good, was it? Um, it, was a, <laughs> it was a mixture. It was a mixture for sure. Introverts, they seem to all wear glasses. Neither of you are wearing glasses right now, I did, so that's I wrong. did see
2: your post and I do um, have started wearing glasses, so I p-
0: purposely took them off for this. <laughs> good. Um, they care though, someone
2: said, uh, but the invoice hurts after. Well, I mean, there's a whole discussion around that, isn't there, around pricing? But
1: I think it's a huge problem, and I think it's, it's really relevant to recruitment. So, I mean, we've seen it. You lose team members to industry because yep. industry pays more. Mm-hmm. So you have very similar jobs, zero, diff, uh, kind of very similar level people, but industry is able to pay more because of the way it can run and price as a business. And, the, and as accountancy firms, traditionally, it's almost been like recently the industry has been trying to push its pricing down you know we're in this downward run and it's it's kind of ridiculous really in in terms of the value that we can offer and because i think so much focus has been on that traditional accountant bit churning out tax returns and things that people relationship no relationship people don't care about it's just like how many tax returns can we push through the door rather than thinking about the value of relationships and what accountants should be Um, and therefore being able to charge good value for it and therefore being able to recruit and retain the best people. And that's what we need to get to as an industry is get it so that we start pulling all the industry accountants back yes. into practice.
2: Definitely, 100% with that. That's exactly my how the issue I'm seeing at the moment. As the likes of me and you, we've been helping, You know, we've been also running a business, so we've had to go with the market forces at certain points to manage our own cash flow but I'm not saying that's the right thing but also the likes of me and you have been aiding a lot of these apps with their development which has been um, is another reason why we've I believe apps have potentially been leading the the noise a bit rather than ourselves which is an issue for both the apps and for ourselves in in practice, um, that we need to work better together because actually all we've done is push the price down. Um, you know, telling people use the app; it's easy. There's no such thing as plug and play. And the likes of me and you have been on the receiving end of trying to create processes and workflows around that to make sure that you actually then can make money off it.
1: Yeah, it's that question of, oh, if it's just pushing a button, why do I pay so much? And yeah. It's like, well, it's knowing that you can push the button yeah. at that particular point in time, yeah. which is kind of where the value of the compliance comes from. But it's it is that just helping business owners through you know those we've all been there those those lonely moments the sad moments the difficult moments the uncertain moments having people to go through that with you is enormous and if you are a solopreneur or entrepreneur or whatever you want to call yourself and you're on your own it's about finding a team and that might not always be your employees but external people and that can be accountants or an hr advisor or whoever so you're not on your own
2: and this exists in other industries right you know we uh, you see there's this you know there's a lot of small business coaches around um but what we hear quite often is oh i liked that coach but they really couldn't relate it to the business because they didn't know my numbers actually wished we'd spoken to you sooner or known of you sooner so i'm not saying i'm not that's not a call to arms to say we need to be coaching but it's back to my thing about semantics is that what are we is we're closer to coaching than we than we know we are.
1: Yeah. And I think it is is realisation but it's also marketing. I've had it before. Absolutely We've had a client with a coach and I kind of say to them, Oh, you know, you somehow in a conversation it comes up that we can do that and it's like kind of, Oh, can you? Um, and you know, it is I think we as an industry need to build this awareness that we aren't just sat in dark rooms with glasses and smelly grey suits churning out tax returns. We are here as human beings to help.
2: I think back to my earlier point about the call to arms of like getting back out there and being innovative to get people back out of industry and into practice or practice businesses as I like to now call us. Um... I think we've got to just do that. That was one of the things that made me make the leap from industry into this world that I just didn't know in 2011. I could see the vision of zero in those early days. And I'm like, yeah, like if I can get data that quick, that's quicker than what I was getting at the time with Microsoft Dynamics or SAP. Wow, I can make a real meaningful and it's remembering that and keeping pushing I think we'll know we're being successful in what we're doing when we can yet again take on industries in their speed of disseminating really useful data. And I think we've fallen behind in the last few years.
0: Yeah, and I guess there's an opportunity to come across as business partners as well, because you have so much involvement in how a business actually functions day to day. So that, that real advisory role that you can play is super powerful. And, you know, the benefits of that, again, is that, you know, versus industry, if you're working in industry and you've got one client, essentially, this way you can make an impact on so many more, which you both obviously do a lot of. Um, one, one piece of feedback from, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say she's related to me, but she's nearly related to me and just so happens to be an accountant, <laughs> but her feedback was, I think actually most accountants are trusted business advisors with good commercial acumen. She also says they're super cool and fun.
1: The thing that I love in what we do is when we get the clients who come to us with those kind of just really vulnerable questions. So yeah. one of the, the key ones we had recently was someone who came and said, I want to propose to my girlfriend. I want to take 3,000 pounds out of the business to buy a ring. Can I do it? Yeah. And that's that for me is lovely. That's what we're doing this for. And that is what we should be really there to help with. Um, and yeah, whether trusted business advisor is what he would have described me as, I, I doubt it. But it is, it's that yeah. kind of... It is about trust, and I think we've all been there when we buy from others, businesses or people. Um, you know, you will start with the stuff you know you need, and then it is about building trust to get to that point of where you are happy to pick up the phone and say, "Yeah, it's not can going I, to come to my girlfriend?
2: <laughs> We we almost get to build the relationship not by necessarily doing the receipts, and again, that's a whole other conversation. But actually, by understanding, I often say that a, a client's suppliers is the language of business that they understand. So sometimes it's not even worth talking about, I don't know, motor vehicle expenses. You need to talk about the shell garage on such and such a street for them to really get into it. And you build that relationship from that point of view. I mean, we help somebody plan for how they would fit IVF into their business and their life. And, you know, it's the same as Jonathan's engagement ring. Like, that's the power of what we do.
0: What do you think are some of the solutions for changing the look of the industry then? What kind of, I guess, tools, digital innovation have you used to change things?
2: I think it's around relationships, like relationships with with you two sat here. I think that's the real the piece we've got to lean into, all the apps that we use. They're, they're really important. I've said this multiple times, but Zero was my first team member. And, you know, of course, I'm going to lean into that relationship. So I I think we've all got to lean into the human side of building up relationships better, coming out of the pandemic, you know, stop using our excuse. I know we haven't had these meaningful, you know, we've got to make those opportunities to carry on the innovation and and think out of the box in what what we're going to do next rather than just going, oh, let's just automate that. That's not innovation now. Um, Long may the automation continue to allow nobody likes admin. I don't care. I'm sure there's VAs on their website saying that they love it, but genuinely there's more to life for everybody. Um, So somebody said, well, what do you want next? And I, I think that's the point. We need to start the conversation about thinking bigger um again to make the lives of all of us and our clients better
1: yeah i think it's it's stopping the focus on the compliance stuff and starting as an industry with the help of the suppliers that providers we use with the help of the institutes and things and getting the message out that this is what we really do you know these are the conversations we really have and um in terms of what we do as a team we try and make sure all of our team are client facing we don't have anyone hidden away you know i know when i trained if you got to actually see a client it was very exciting it didn't really happen until you've been there for about 4 years so
2: somebody told me about a non external email like like what even is that like yeah.
1: But it's about putting trust in the team and and allowing them to go out there and build their own relationships with the clients and suppliers and things like that. And I think it is showing people that that's what it is about as an industry. It is more entrepreneurial than people think. It is more creative. Um, Yes, there's analytical room in there. I think a lot of room as well now for things like data science. So kind of it's not all just about tax return accountants that people see the like the industry is a very very different place and i think that is driven and we've got to listen to business owners because what business owners want and they are used to because they're not comparing us to other accountants they're comparing us to the other things they have they're used to a bank account that they can open up on their phone and see what's going on so how do we deliver that in terms of their finances? And not just to-
2: playing up to that, going beyond that yeah. as well now. I think I think as an industry, I think as accountants, we, we're used to sort of building into that space rather than we need to lead the way. And
1: yeah, that's and what's
2: exciting particularly.
1: But what we can do that the bank amp can't is explain it exactly. and educate. So it's not yeah. just numbers on a page. Mm. It's why does this number mean that you should be thinking about this in your business? And so it all for me comes back to how we take all of that stuff and build the human bit into it and and relate to business owners. Because, as I said, coming back to me as a business owner, when I get help from someone who knows what they're talking about, it takes a whole lot of weight off my shoulders.
0: Jonathan, you've talked a bit about how you sort of have this great relationship with other practice owners and you lean on each other for support. So what kind of things do you talk about when you're talking about recruitment and retention with that group of people
1: can't mention that live on here um no i think um there's there's a lot of shared pain i think everyone's going through the same thing it is it's really difficult at the moment and there is this kind of missing middle in our industry i think because of the the lower barriers you're saying people are starting up which means that then those people aren't available to recruit um and you can recruit junior people through and we've had some great apprentices come through but if you haven't got someone in the middle to train them to where they need to get to you know it it becomes you get this kind of unbalanced business
2: and I and that's so so valid what you're saying about losing the middle and I think that's where we could do better Mm. and we need to look at clever ways of continuing those people and giving them purpose and allowing them what they believe is missing, B Corp. You know, just to go back to that has been quite useful in you know share making. You know, are you sharing enough with your with your team um, and in what's interesting to them and making sure that they've still got scope for the future. From our point of view, what I hope keeps our team um, inspired and moving on in full stop, rather than going to do it for themselves. The mission of look we in some ways we're getting going but we want to be leading um and if you want to be at the cutting edge of this like teams do win you know like all that cheesiness there but yeah it's you're gonna we're gonna waste time if we keep reinventing that wheel mm. um it's finding ways for the likes of me and you to keep people paid enough but inspired enough I'm, you know we're looking to start giving out share options which arguably is going full circle back to the whole practice thing of buying in that way yeah
1: i think the slight difference is i guess is you don't have partners and silos which is the, the kind of the old traditional Absolutely, model but yeah. i think sometimes people look at accountants and see us not as business owners somehow we're different because we have that accounting qualification mm. but we all have that same issue of being alone and so the community bit for me and the zero community has been huge.
0: Yeah and you're on the hunt for uh, an accountant or two now so what are you doing uh, with your firm to sort of stand out from the crowd in terms of your employer brand and sort of getting people interested in Raiden?
1: I think we could do more to start with definitely thinking that comes back to what we we're saying before I think there's a lot more we could talk about in what we do. I think we just try really hard to be very genuine in what we do on social and things like that so people get a real idea of of who we are and what we do but I think it is it's about trying to show who we are because and we we ask um, our candidates or applicants to put a video in their application because we want to see who they are and we want them to know who we are because ultimately if we're going to spend however long working together in the future it's really important that that's going to work and get on and gel Um, So yeah, just trying to be as as open as honest as possible within our branding and within what we're saying and doing, trying not to hide behind something and have someone turn up on day one and go, hang on a second, this isn't what I thought it was.
2: Being honest, right? Yeah,
1: and focusing on on the values that matter.
0: There's one for both of you. What is the worst job application you've ever received?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow, Uh, there have been some really good ones. I'll talk about some of the recent ones because where we do the video, you know, sometimes you get CVs and, you know, they're not great, but the video ones do really, really show up. Um, So we we did have one recently and bearing in mind that we're a small firm, he he opened his video by saying that his first job was with a small business and he hated it. And it was so much, so much better moving to a big company. I was like, okay, well, um, obviously you haven't done much research. And then he went on to say how he uh, was looking to start another business, so he didn't see himself in the job for long. So I think that was that was a great one. It really sold me. I was I was very keen to talk to him. Um, but I think yeah, we've had we've had some great applications. Um, I think that there was one, I can't remember what it was, but it's just the, the background of the person that I know we've spoken about, the, the needs to maybe have non-accountants in industry, but this was a bit of a stretch. I can't remember what it was they did. They were a dancer or something like that and had no office or accounting or bookkeeping experience <laughs> did any they, Did sort. they
2: manage to explain how they had transferable skills? Or
1: No, no, yeah. not at all. And that's the thing, they could have been really creative and yep. spoken to us about how they're in creative industries mm-hmm. and they see that translating. But no, there, there wasn't even any, an attempt. But um, yeah, it is, I think... And that's the thing about recruiting is there are these humorous moments, but actually it can be quite exhausting weeding through them. That kind of oh, not another one. Um, but yeah,
0: yeah. How long are those videos that you ask for? Is it
1: we, unlimited? No, we try and cap them at two to three minutes. Um, that's quite a long time. It is, but it goes. Have you ever done one? No. So do one. So I. So we had it recently when we did it, the recruitment this time. A few people were a bit reluctant, saying, "Oh, what should I do?" So I'd say, okay, this to make this fair, I'll do one of me. So I recorded a two-minute video and I sent it out to people and said, look, this is mine, you can copy it, you can do your own thing. Um, And two minutes goes incredibly quickly. We've had some really imaginative ones. We had someone who um, did a montage of all their photos and videos off their iPhone. So they did a quick intro and then played that, so you got to see the photos of them on holiday and out with their friends. We had one who was someone who we hired. They went round their flat. And every time they saw something, they're like, I, I bought this at this time, and this picture is really meaningful to me because of this. And it was great. You got this immediate insight into who these people are.
2: And got to check out the house.
1: And got to, yeah, it's a bit like, what's it through the keyhole? Yeah. <laughs> for those of us who are old <laughs> enough to remember through what the keyhole. I thought
2: you were going to say, was it Cribs? What's the. Yeah, anyway, that's old now. No, too. I'm too old for that one. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm more through the keyhole. It's amazing. Uh, Lauren, what about you? Oh, it's just. All those things that Jonathan has just said about application forms and CVs that's wrong. And actually, let's reinvent that. Like, clearly somebody had just left whatever they'd done previously. Why do you want to work at full stop? Because I really want to work with animals. Like, it was just like, oh, wow. Like, am I missing something here? Like, were you being clever or were you just being really stupid and not up- making updating your application form? Or maybe just really rude.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's what was
2: job. Job. I hadn't <laughs> thought of that until today. And now both of you have mentioned that. Is <laughs>
1: this someone who'd met you all before? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's like, uh, do you know us? Oh, amazing.
0: Let's finish up with this one. How do you think accounting industry professionals of the future plan to win? What should they be brushing up and refining their capabilities on, do you think?
1: I think customer service, I think some of the people that we've had join the team who have come with customer service background, whether it's working in a bar or McDonald's or whatever, it is is coming with some of those skills as well as the passion around business and small business and the understanding that business owners need help and support and advice.
2: It would be the holy grail when we get somebody who can do and this is a whole thing about training but can do what jonathan and i do on a daily basis and has that people skills because at the moment you often get one or the other and you have to train um so yeah we know we'll, we'll know we've made good strides when that person comes along and isn't a training need in some way
0: do you think about
2: succession planning do you consider that when you're
0: hiring do you think about who might be the next people to step into your role or is that too far off
1: I I try to see it as I'm running a business that does accounting, not an accountancy firm. I think that's often the issue with traditional firms is you get these partners that silo and hold power and what do you do when they hit 68, 80, whatever age it is. Um, So the idea for me is to build a business that can run without me, not necessarily that it would do right now. and that is a, a standalone business. So to a certain extent, yes, but not maybe necessarily specifically about replacing me. It's just always about trying to build a business structure mm-hmm. that would be more similar to something like a zero, not an accountancy firm. So it's about so. just having the right structure of people in place. And that's not necessarily about the future 10 years time or whatever and the exiting. It's also about being a, a business owner who can go on holiday. And not have to get twenty WhatsApp messages every day while I'm away. Yeah. You know, I've got young kids; I want to be able to focus on them when I do go elsewhere. Um, and so, it's 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 not just about the future, but it's about everyday building a business that can function without me being part of it and removing myself as a bottleneck, which is definitely one of my bigger failings in those first six or seven years, and that I've been trying to unpick.
2: Yeah. So everything that Jonathan said um, and actually it's quite interesting I've started spending time on here recently thinking about that not that I'm saying it's going to happen now but that's the point succession planning doesn't happen overnight Um, so it is another a bit like applying for awards and doing B Corp like we mentioned earlier starting your succession planning is also really valid to help in pushing the business forward.
1: You know there are similarities between our firms and if you go around the kind of zero community where we've all kind of grown up together, a lot of us, yeah. there are a lot of similarities and it's almost like if you squished it all together, we'd become some kind of mega Superpower. firm. And you know, they're like super groups of, yeah. of your day. I had it's actually kind of,
0: thought about that, how
2: cool that would be. It would be pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, like, and, that and we could ha- go international as well, that's yeah, well, really yeah. exciting.
1: Yeah, bringing Leandro's of like zero and stuff, but mm. that might then help with things like the recruitment question of actually, maybe then you get the synergies of not, you don't have ten firms who all need to hire one person of a particular role, you could hire six or seven of them. Now, that's not me advertising to merge with anyone at the moment. But I think it is really interesting that we do that we do have these firms and that part of, part of that community thing where I'm able to speak to Lauren and to other people and you do have that similarity and that those things thing. that you can – Yeah, it's almost like being part of a much bigger business but still being able to run your own business, which yeah. is great.
0: Mm-hmm. What would your accountancy supergroup be called?
1: Ooh. Oh, so good. Yeah, I think, oh, that's a good question. um Yeah, part of it makes you want to think maybe it should have zero in it, but no, maybe it shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it should. No. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. No more than that. Yeah, we'd have to do an amalgamation of all the names and see what comes out when you pull them all together. <laughs>
0: Well, I'll think of a supergroup name for you, and I'll run it by see what you think. And then you can decide whether you want to go ahead with the supergroup.
2: Yeah, we could have, like, that could be the name of this episode, couldn't it? Introduction to such and such, such (laughs) and such. Launching. Launching.
1: Should maybe tell some of the uh, other accountants first.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's right. We know who they are. They know who they are. Let's be honest.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wait for the phone call. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. So, word association game. I'm going to say random words, and you say the first thing that comes to your mind as quick as possible. Okay. i going to hide Are we taking it in turns, or are we... How yeah, do gonna, you want I'm to gonna do it? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you whose okay. turn it is. <sighs> Lauren, TikTok. Oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> you need to rerun that one. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that's exactly the answer I was expecting.
2: <laughs> Literally. I'll tell you why I just thought of that, because it's something like... I've got half my team going we need to do it and the youngest team member is like do not do that, I will leave if Full Stop starts doing TikTok so that wasn't what you expected but that's part of what we're playing with at the moment Jonathan, tax boring, Lauren, accounting
0: future Jonathan, community friendship client relationships MTD
2: boring boring (laughs) Sorry, I have to say that as well. <laughs> pointless. <laughs> like, no, it's not pointless. A few but... years ago, like, oh, come on, move on.
0: So it's funny, in my Instagram um, poll question yeah. thing, quite a lot of people said boring, I'll be honest, about accountancy, yeah. uh, which you probably would have expected. Yeah. And now I'm thinking it's HMRC's fault because tax and MTD, you just said were boring. They make, oh, they it, they make it boring.
1: The problem is as well is I think that some people see us as agents of HMRC yeah, and that there's a, that we're there chasing money making people pay but we're not you know the whole point is that we're there to guide businesses and the, re- the reason I say like tax doesn't have to be boring at all there's some very cool stuff you can do with it but from a point of view from a client it's not the thing that interests them that drives value yeah. They see it as boring. They yeah, see I mean, it as yeah. unnecessary because obviously they don't want to pay tax. But,
0: yeah, it's the thing um, that you have to do, right? So it's that box-ticking yeah. exercise, which mm. isn't a fun task for anyone. I
1: think And that's also what...
0: giving up a chunk of your money is never
2: fun. But so. too yeah. many people traditionally have been doing their accounts or their accounting or bookkeeping for the tax man and not for themselves. And yeah. I think that's still what we're not getting right. And, you know, if you lead with data for yourselves, hopefully... The mainstay of compliance should fall out of the bottom, and that's why the likes of me and Jonathan find MTD boring because we've been on board with that for a number of years now. Back yeah. to my point about pushing with innovation, we want to be leading, and MTD is not leading the industry.
1: Well, no, like f- it's pushing. F- like MTD kind of happened 12 years ago yeah. when we started using zero. Yeah. That that was yeah, MTD. We it happened. Yeah, and I remember when the MTD VAT thing came around the first time was it 2018? Yeah being asked question, what are we doing? It's like, nothing. Because, you know, fortunately, Zero had built a product that was already doing what we needed it to do in terms of the client relationship bit. Mm-hmm. And you kindly switched on a thing that allowed us to comply with what HMRC were checking at us. But, yeah, it's it's getting away from... For me, the, the important thing is how do we take business owners on that journey from you go to accountants because you need something to actually working out so that they can offer you something you really want.
0: Okay. Well, that, that quickfire really took a turn into, uh, um, into tax and MTD, and that's okay, because I've got more. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Leadership. Oh. It doesn't have to be one word. Just what do you think when I, when I say leadership?
2: Um, I, I think by example, you've got to, all the things that you talk about, um, make sure you, honest, relatable, um, sharing, um, inspiring. And that in itself, to the person who's doing that, is really rewarding, if you get it right.
0: Zero.
1: Awesome. (laughs)
2: Okay, tick. Yeah, that was quite quick.
0: Jonathan's going to get his check in the post. Do we send checks these days? No, we don't. Work-life
2: balance. Massively important. Like, huge. Like, not just for us that's like what we talked about earlier with engagement rings and ivf okay and finally if you weren't an accountant what would you be
1: Uh, i had originally thought i was going to go into computer game design that's i was applying for jobs when i was backpacking around australia and new zealand i was sending cvs off to go into computer game companies and do that
0: so cool are you happy with your decision
1: I, i genuinely love what i do and the fact that i get to meet so many business owners and now because of what Xero have done with community like app developers and and loads of different types of businesses, loads of different types of people and and work with them really closely and when you get those kind of really good relationships where you get to know people and they come and ask about engagement rings it's incredibly rewarding. I still get to play computer games as well so it's fine.
2: Yeah, bits of both worlds. How about you Lauren? I'd actually be an architect in late because we've I think that in itself, designing the space that you live in really nicely, is huge. I think we've all learned that over over the last couple of years. Um, I quite like that designing and being better and that leading into what we do here.
0: Nice. Well, I think that about wraps us up, team. So thank you so much for coming along today and chatting about this topic. And I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in, is there... Is there anything else that you want to promote about your own businesses? Anything you want to tell the world?
1: Well, we're recruiting, so please feel free to jump on LinkedIn and <laughs> check out. But um, yeah, no, I think it's uh, help, help out people who are looking for employees by reading the job specs and doing some things that make you stand out when you apply for jobs. Because most recruiters or business owners looking at hiring, Are confronted with hundreds of applications and you don't need to do a lot to stand out so stop doing what everyone's told you to do and try and do something just a little bit different
2: yeah i think just as as an industry of people i think let's um let's keep doing what we're doing but let's do it much better there's a lot of opportunity if we if we take it
0: you've been listening to beyond numbers Brought to you by Zero. produced by Birdline Media. If you heard something that caught your attention, share the episode with your colleagues so they can listen too. Thanks for listening.